Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Join today, as always, with my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcast and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we're going to preview all the matches across Week 8 for NWSL. We're also going to chat a little bit about the Midweek Challenge Cup match that we just saw take place between Racing Louisville and Kansas City Current. Before we take a deep dive, quick reminder, subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, as a podcast, follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. Lisa, I made it. Back at it with you, buddy. How are you? I am good. I'm glad to have you home safe and sound. Uh, and, of course, back here on Attacking Third, it's, it's always good to be Back with you, back with the people on YouTube chatting about it. Week eight, we had some good stuff in in match week seven last week. We thought like, okay, this is it. We're getting the consistency. We're really getting to see some of these um, caterpillars turn into butterflies, spread their wings, whether it's individuals or teams, whatever it may be. Um, But now we get to do it again with week eight. A lot to go through. Only one midweek game in the Challenge Cup that that we'll talk about as we head through it. But, of course, it's always good to be here. Um, everyone was, like, making predictions on your hat. Guys, it's not black. I so. love it. Yeah. Well, with the, uh, yeah. One with the 96 Bulls hat. This I like it. Hat. Yeah. I, I don't often wear white hats. Um, I think people can tell that. But I like this one a lot. So I had to rock it. Oh, thank you. Shout out. Shout out to VU. The head is rocking. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I was a little nervous. We had some I had some flight issues. So I just want to say thanks to everyone joining us live on YouTube for for hanging out and getting ready for us to to make some picks. Let's let's go. Let's make some predictions. That's that's why everyone's here. They want to hear us a preview and talk about what we think might go down this weekend. Let's start with some teams. At the top of the table, some teams who are going head to head, a new number one who will try to stay number one, Orlando Pride versus Washington Spirit. This one kicking off on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We've got, let's just call it what it is. We've got a number one team going up against a bottom table team. Lisa, how much does current form and standing play a role for you right now in making a pick in this game? Who you got? You got a winner, loser? You kicking things off with a draw? Let me know what you're feeling. I think the standings play so much into this pick and and this game. That's why we're starting the episode talking about Washington Spirit and Orlando Pride. Um, Washington is the only team that is still undefeated across the first seven weeks of play. They got a 1-0 late penalty kick stoppage time winner last week over Angel City. Um, And with that win, Washington takes 15 points. They move into first place. Um, 
And not just on the offensive side of the things, they're scoring goals, of course. That's literally how you win games and pick up points. But they've got the stingiest defense, Washington does, in the league. They've only got five goals against. Um, And when you look at their attacking presence, whether it's Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, Ashley Hatch, uh, Andy Sullivan in the midfield, they just have so many great pieces coming together at the right time. Um, Then... You got to zone in a little bit on Ashley Hatch in this one because she got the late penalty kick game winner against Angel City last weekend for Washington Spirit. However, Ashley Hatch against Orlando Pride has nine career goals, right? And she has scored in the last six regular season matches for Washington Spirit against Orlando Pride. That is the longest streak of appearances with a goal against a single opponent in NWSL history. And that goes to Ashley Hatch. And you know that she wants to go out and get another goal in this game for Washington Spirit. At the top of the table, they're hitting their form right now. Washington is just doing all the right things at this point. Uh, they are on the road, so they'll travel and play Orlando. And Orlando is on a bit of a streak of their own. Three games unbeaten for the Pride, and they've conceded just one goal in those last three games. Anna Morehouse has solidified herself between the sticks in goal for Seb Hines and this Orlando side um, because she's played those last three regular season games that have helped them be undefeated. Now, Orlando's coming off a 0-0 draw against Gotham, so their goal scoring has slowed down a little bit. Remember, it was three goals to get their first win over San Diego, then it was just one goal, and now a 0-0 draw against Gotham. I think Washington's going to take the win on the road in this one over Orlando. They're going to stay at the top of the table. Um, uh, Maybe not a crazy scoreline win. I I could go narrow with this one, but I still think Washington is going to get the W. I don't think that's un- unfair to, mm-hmm. to try to play with a scoreline a little bit because we haven't seen. Look, I, I love what we have seen out of the out of the spirit. I want to preface this, you know, before we get into this. But something that we haven't really seen are, are kind of like big blowout kind of score lines mm-hmm. from the spirit at just yet this season. And I, there's still time to get there. You know, we're, we're in what we're considering this kind of second quarter of the season. We're not quite at the halfway point um, just, just yet, but the spirit are looking like a team that have figured some things out or at the very least have bought into, to, new head coach Mark Parsons and what they want to present on the pitch in terms of tactics going up against other teams and how so much of that is going to get funneled through that lethal attack starting with Sanchez that they always want to try to find her, find her as the main outlet. And then you've got Rodman in MVP form and then hatch who's leading the way in goals this season. Mm-hmm. So I am also going spirit in this one, but I want to see, I want to see a heavy scoreline for the spirit. And I want to see it against a team. We're getting to a point, like I said, we're not at the halfway point yet, but there is nothing wrong with looking at, current teams and their current form where they're at at the tables and say this team right here this number one team should wreck this other team over here yeah and i want to see it i really really do so i'm gonna go spirit and if we're putting a scoreline on it i want it i want to see goals yeah and i, I mean see, and i don't want to see them come in 90 minute stoppage time off a penalty i want to see them I, in the run of play i respect that yeah i think we need to see him in the run of play and the confidence but for someone like ashley hatch has grown and is continuously growing she's getting shots off she gets just like a moment of time and space away from a defender and she rips a shot but you're right i mean it's number one against number 10 this should be Washington. They should take it. Um, but Orlando's had had stingy defenses, right? Yep. They've only conceded one in their last yep. three. Um, I like the ideas, though, that you have. Uh, I like it. We're both going spirit. 
can't wait to, to to talk about how we were incorrect. It's always getting nervy when we go. Uh, we start off the show with a similar pick. Let's let's pivot to another pair of teams who are at the upper half of the table. We've got Oil Rain versus Gotham FC. I'm so excited for this match. And we're looking at actual team standings. It's basically number two versus number three right now. They're both level on total points with 13. So maybe that's where the similarities end in terms of where things are with these two teams. So who, who are you picking in this one and why, Lisa? I love this matchup. Um, one of my top to watch of the weekend with uh, OL Reign. Last week, they stumbled and they fell. They they snapped their seven-match unbeaten streak in a 1-0 loss to North Carolina Courage. However, OL Reign has not lost consecutive matches in a single season since the summer of 2021. And I, I don't think that's going to happen again. I don't think OL Reign take an L to Gotham in this one. Um, but with Gotham, they're coming off a 0-0 draw to Orlando. They've got 13 points on the season, which equals their total of last year. So they're already looking better than they did in 2022. Um, but defensively, when you look at goals against for both O.L. Reign and Gotham, they each have six. That is tied for the second best defense in the NWSL, just behind Washington Spirit with five goals against. So it's really tough to score against both of these sides. Abby Smith, goalkeeper for Gotham, has really Really, really come into form and she has done such a good job. I think she got save of the week last week, at least yeah. for me. She got save of the week last week for Gotham uh, in that draw against Orlando. Just coming up so big in saves. It's going to come down to a one goal in this yeah. one, who it's going to come, who's going to get it at this point. But I could see this as a draw. I I'm think I'm going to give my draw to this one. I don't yeah. think OL Rain goes back to back with two losses. Um, two consecutive losses, but I'm not sure if one side's going to be able to squeak it out. I'm, I'm thinking like a one, one draw in this. I, I, I feel that this was tough for me. I was thinking a little bit, maybe is this going to be my draw? Is this where I'm going to center things in on Uh narrow loss for, for oil rain off of this, off of this previous week, we've got Gotham, like you mentioned, holding on for a scoreless draw against, against the pride. And now it's going to be these two teams going up against each other, I believe for the first time in the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, so there's going to be some, some new things that are going to be introduced as both of these two teams go, go head to head. I'm a little curious about what um, head coach Juan Carlos Amoros is going to present with this Gotham FC side against Laura Harvey versus, you know, when he was with the dash last year, it's different personnel. How are you going to line them up against, against a, a pretty deep bench uh, in, in OL rain? I, and I think maybe you have to look at availability reports a little bit as well right. uh you know olivia vandergat available and, and back in trainings is, is this going to be a player that um is, is healthy enough to to get you know tagged with a start a player that i know we're both high on and we like what she brings to this team in in uh ol's midfield there so i think that could maybe be something where we see a possible cool one-on-one -on -one kind of duel and matchup where it's um Olivia Vandergaard and, and, and Chrissy Mewis. But again, yeah. it's just I, we're doing this bef like before any starting 11s drop and things like that. So uh, I think it's going to come down to maybe those individual battles down on the pitch, which is why I'm in agreement with you, where I think it's going to be a narrow uh, scoreline. You have it as a draw. I do. But I'm going to go with Gotham in this one. I want to say they're going to pick pick up the upset and I'm going to say Lynn Williams is going to get back to scoring goals. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully we see a lot of shots and we get some high drama in this one. So I, I think we could see a lot of shots for sure. 
Yeah, I, we we both agree only one's gonna go in though. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's that, that might be what it comes down to is that is that goalkeeper's battle. I mean, I'm really yeah. excited to see Valentellis Joyce and in one end and Abby Smith in the other, and maybe that's also why it's gonna we think it's gonna be narrow. So uh, you're going draw. I'm going Gotham. We've got more picks to make. Make sure you stay tuned after a quick break. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep shaking. Let's make some more predictions. Let's make some more picks. Let's talk about some teams who want to break through. There's some teams here who can maybe get some results this weekend and find themselves either in the upper half of the table or further in the bottom half of the table. Let's take a a look at North Carolina Courage versus Angel City FC. Lisa, I'm just gonna say it. I think uh, I think North Carolina Courage is is brewing up something special here as they're gearing towards this second half of the season. I'm I'm gonna go with North Carolina just right out the gate. I like that. Why do you, Why do you think North Carolina is gonna get this win over Angel City? I like what we've been seeing from Sean Nehas in this team uh, and what he's been trying to to put together. I, I really, really, really. Week to week now, I'm just impressed with the play, the level of play of Emily Fox. Um, I think when they made this move for this player, there was a little curiosity around around it. Like, how? what does this mean? How are they going to utilize her? What's the vision here after um, seeing, you know, the, the departures of Carson Pickett and, and Abby Ursay? This is a player who can cover a lot of ground, um, but she's doing it, I think, in at the fullback position and providing a lot, whether she is covering all that ground on the flank or she's coming in centrally. And I'm also really, really high right now on Tyler Lucy, another one of these off-season pickups by the Courage that I think are a little bit underrated. I think uh, I think North Carolina went out and made some moves in the off-season that might not have been high on a lot of people's radars or rankings or you know off-season grades and all that. But they're starting to pay dividends in the regular season. And again, these performances by Emily Fox and now Tyler Lucy, who's scoring goals. So I, I'm just sort of at this point in the season when we're looking at these games from the Courage, uh, a player like Caroline, who's in her sophomore season in NWSL, looking more comfortable and trying to have that extra person to play with, that extra outlet, right? We're starting to see it come together. I think it's going to continue in this game. I think Courage are going to take the win. Yeah, I see that. I mean, Tyler Lucy getting uh, back-to-back game-winning goals for North Carolina, um, helping them go on this three-game unbeaten streak, uh, a win, a draw, and a win. Um, And Angel City, they're on the road, which is only Angel City's third road game this year. Um, They have had the privilege and the luxury of playing a lot of games at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. Um, But June Endo is a factor 
you you can't get oh, rid of an X factor like June Endo yes. um, for Angel City. She has just done tremendous adjusting to the league last year and then coming in this year and just taking that adjustments and running with it. She's been such a force for Angel City. It's incredibly hard to defend against her because she has the freedom and the flexibility to float around the pitch. She pulls in centrally a lot of times, but she also occupies the flank. Um, June Endo has created... Uh, 16 chances on the season for Angel City. That is just number two in the NWSL. She's just behind Adriana. Um, she's coming off three chances created against that Washington game in which Angel City lost. And it came down to a bit of Washington's stellar defense that kept Angel City off the board. Now, they're going on the road. And um, although they've only played two road games this season, they've had positive results in those. A 2-1 win over Orlando at Exploria Stadium. And then they traveled to Portland, Oregon. And that was that crazy 3-3 draw against the Thorns that Angel City was able to squeak out. So there's something about being on the road for Angel City that yep. kind of gives them a little bit of mojo, a little bit of juice, because they're so used to playing with the crowd behind them at home. Mm -hmm. When they go on the road, they know they have to bring something a little different. Yep. Now, you talked a lot about Tyler Lucy, um, a player that was acquired by North Carolina in the offseason. She spent her last year with Angel City. She's going up against her former team. She's coming off a couple goal games. I think she wants another one. I'm also going to go with North Carolina, the All home right. team in this one, getting the win over Angel City. Um, they're going to keep the the boat rolling, but a, a low scoring yeah. game. I'm not expecting a lot from North Carolina, but the factors that they have with Guile, Lucy, Caroline, Denise O'Sullivan, it's starting to come together. Diane Matt Madison in yeah. the midfield as well. Um, I like it. It's been a slow burn for North Carolina, and I think they're going to keep it going. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Uh, there's something about <laughs> – there's something about – West Coast teams, when they got to make that long flight to North Carolina, they don't always look so hot. And I'm also just like taking all that stuff into consideration and and curious as to how the, this game is, is going to come out. I think it could provide it might be one of those under the radar games or maybe people mm -hmm. um, view it as like a must see TV with some of the other matches that are uh, taking place this weekend. But I think this is one of those matches that are going to have some good stuff in between the lines and people should check it out if they can and if they're able let's make another pick let's uh let's move things centrally here kansas city current versus racing louisville fc uh convenient for us because we get to recap yeah in between the two of them in challenge cup and now we're going to talk about what we think might happen in this regular season matchup in week eight i mean we talked a little bit about that too like what were we going to see in that challenge cup game what kind of rotation blah 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 they've got a quick turnaround how are the head coaches going to utilize that midweek game? Well, we saw a five-goal scoreline between these two teams for Challenge Cup. Cue the chaos. Uh, and Racing Louisville picking up their first three points in the Challenge Cup tournament. It was their first game. Finally, they kicked off their group stage. So now all 12 clubs have officially played at least one match in Challenge Cup. Savannah DeMello picking up her first career Ooh. Brace uh, comes by the way of the Challenge Cup again. Cue the chaos. Um, but the current got let back into this game <laughs> a little bit, so I'm I'm very curious about what's going to happen this weekend and Saturday 8 p.m. You can tune in and catch all the action. Lisa, do you have a winner and a loser in this one? 
Yeah, I, I, we're actually very lucky that we get to see this game midweek and then we get to see it again on the weekend. And there is travel, right? How serendipitous would that have been if it was both games at Louisville or, or in Kansas City? Uh, but no, they have to travel. So midweek in Louisville um, and then the weekend game in Kansas City. But Savannah DeMello is just a fun, so fun to watch. She is so talented. Her off-ball defensive work is really what helps this team stay together and be the glue, but she's in the right spot at the right time. She's able to get good looks on goals. She feeds the ball through to her teammates incredibly well. Um, one of DeMello's shots is like top of the 18, outside of the right foot. She curls it in. It's it is truly impressive. Go watch these highlights between Racing Lobo and Kansas City Challenge Cup match. Really fun to watch. Michelle Cooper, we saw for Kansas City, yep. the number two draft pick, get her first goal um, and assist from her her rookie classmate, Alexa Spanstra, on that goal. And then Dabinia climbs back into this game for Kansas City, getting the second uh, at the end of this game which would not lift them as Racing Louisville picks up these points. But um, we're seeing a formation shift from Kansas City. We saw it last week in, in week set seven where they went to a four back. And so it lo- their shape looks a bit more like a four, two, three, one. They did it again against Racing Louisville, and it was better. There were moments of it that were better. Um, they also had a lot of rotation, right? Labonte didn't start. Dabinia didn't start. Kristen Hamilton, we're still waiting to see yeah. what, what this player can do for this team. She's been on the bench now for three games, one of those being a Challenge Cup game. Is she going to get minutes? I think so. I think I have no knowledge of this. I just think that it's finally time that we're going to see Kristen Hamilton on the pitch. And if she plays, um, she will be part of a goal-scoring play for Kansas City. I'm not sure she'll get a goal, but she'll be part yeah. of the play, creating those chances. Um, now, Louisville, though, they're coming off their first win of the regular season against Chicago. Um, then they're coming off of this midweek Challenge Cup game. They're on a bit of a roll themselves, but I think Kansas City is going to get one back this week. They, they're mm-hmm. a team in Kansas City that's going to get this win over Louisville because last week Kansas City lost 2-0 to San Diego, yet they had 20 shots, 15 of them in the second half. And We got a little bit of rest from some players on Kansas City in the midweek. I think they're going to be ready to go. I'm looking at Dabinia, Lola Bonta, um, CeCe Kaiser, Haley Mace. They all came off the bench in midweek. They're going to have fresh legs, ready to go. They're going to see a similar lineup from Kim Bjorkegren because it was the top lineup, essentially, that we saw in the midweek. And now I'm going to give the upper hand to Casey. I don't know if it's like, you know, ideal. You, what would be considered Bjorkgren's ideal starting eleven? Because I'm not, I'm really not too sure what that is quite yet at this point. Um, but we do know for Kansas City that Kwablam opted to do a lot of rotation, and there's going to be a little bit less minutes uh, on the legs for for Kansas City. I'm with you on everything that you said on on Kristen Hamilton. I think this is a player in her arrival to Kansas City mid 2021 has just been incredibly impactful like since she got there with the current um, someone who was scoring goals for them, generating plays for them. And then with the arrival of CC Kaiser, I think we started to see some really special things start brewing between just those two players. So I'm eager to, to see her return um, and what it could look like 
again with Kaiser, but now with the return of Dabinia, and that's someone who she yeah. is familiar with, playing so many years with in uh, in North Carolina. So it almost sort of feels like with with all of these pieces kind of making their way back for the current, that Hamilton might actually be that key to turn that lock finally. So I'm eager to see it. I just don't know if we will. I, you know, and because even if we see it, it might not be like a full 90 minute start. It might no, be no. a gradual we process. And stuff I mean, like the first that. time we see Hamilton won't be full 90 minutes. Yeah, of course not. So it won't. I, I feel you. I, I love like make, staying with a pick and staying and staying with a winner and making sure that there's a loser. But this is tough for me with the midweek match and going around on the five goals that we had for Challenge Cup. I've got this one as my draw this nice. week. I And I hope that it's another wild one. I hope we get more goals between these two teams as they go head-to-head in week eight. We've got two more picks left to make for everyone. Stick with us. We're going to take a quick break. All right. Let's make our final two picks. We've got another trio of top-tier teams to take a look at and try to make some picks against. We've got Houston Dash versus San Diego Wave. This one kicking off on Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. I Hey, Lisa, I'm just going to be real. This one is tough for me, too. I, I think this is the top game of the weekend right is, is, I was going to say, is this, is this your game to watch? One of my games to oh. watch. I also think, what did we say? Oh, O.L. Oh, Rain Gotham. Um, yeah, these are the top two games to watch. Houston versus San Diego Wave. It is in Houston. You can catch it at 8.30 Eastern tomorrow. So that's Saturday, May 20th. Um, this is just a, a heck of a matchup. Houston and San Diego both coming off wins after a bit of a skid. When you look at the history of these two sides, um, for Houston, it, it was their first regular season win since April 1st. And, and it's to come from behind 2-1 win over Portland Thorns last week. Massive. Diana Ordonez unavailable for um, Sam yeah. Lady and this Houston Dash side. However, Ebony Salmon gets on the board. She, she gets an unofficial assist on the first goal, and then she gets the game winner, her first goal with Houston this year, and it is about time. Ebony Salmon has been knocking on the door, even throughout this match against Portland, getting many shots off, looking to get opportunities, taking the ball, and, and just going for it. Um, will we see Diana Ordonez this week? I'm not sure. We, we don't have availability for her yet. That might change the game a little bit, but I think the floodgates have opened for Ebony Salmon. I think that door has finally been knocked down and we start to see a lot more coming from Ebony Salmon in, in way of goal contribution, getting assist, forcing turnovers, uh, forcing goals to come. Now for San Diego, this is a, a wave side that is coming off a shutout. Their first shutout in a very long time for Caitlin Sheridan, not what they wanted to see. Um, and it's a win for them. A they also got two goals in the first half against Kansas City last week. That is something uh, that is the first time that has happened for San Diego in a road game, getting two goals in the first half. But there's been a lot of travel for San Diego. They went to Kansas City. Now they're in Houston. They haven't been at home for a while. It's exhausting to be on the road, not to mention the heat and the humidity that is in Houston right now. It's a bit different than playing on the coast in, mm -hmm. in San Diego than playing in Kansas City as well. This is a huge matchup for me. 
huge matchup between these two sides. It's like an Ebony Salmon battle against an Alex Morgan battle. I think Jane Campbell had a great game in goal last week for Houston Dash. Um, Kaylin Sheridan has also kind of turned the page after she's been stuck in the mud a little bit. Um, I I like this battle. I like this matchup a lot. What was your pick, Lisa? I'm going to give it to Houston. Home side? I'm going to give it to the home side. I think playing at home, the dash, Ebony Salmon, if we get to see Diana Ordonez back, they're just going to provide uh, a different look against the San Diego side that their attackers can force the Waves defense under much more pressure than they were under last week with Kansas City. Yeah, I feel that. Look, uh, I'm curious as to, to who is going to be available in this yeah. match because I think I think you can make an argument for – for both uh, teams here, kind of, kind of having to deal with um, increase, like an increase in, in in players who are listed on that availability report, or or Donez, um has been listed on there for uh, for Houston, and that's already alongside players that they know that have uh, were going to be out with season-ending injuries or on the the forty-five day list. Um, you know who's gonna who's gonna be back and and, and ready to go. You know, is Ali Price not gonna be a player that's you know available for them or uh, for if you're San Diego and and uh, Casey Stoney? Maybe this is um, something that as a head coach and coaching staff they're yeah. dealing with and, and and how to navigate in their second season. Um, they I wouldn't say that they were a team that had the deepest bench in the league, but they definitely had players that they rotated and relied upon. But this is also a group that has had to deal with some varying availability reports as well. Is, is uh, Kelsey Turbo going to be available? Is Emily Van Edmond going to be available? Back back injuries are, are, are tricky. You yeah. can never really, really tell. So, you know, Mackenzie Doniak even listed it as questionable. How much, you know, can can she give? And then you're asking these players to to not only go out there and and, and run a ton of miles, uh, but do that in the Texas heat, you know? So it's a, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a struggle. I think um, coming off of their previous result, they were happy to get it because they knew the turnaround that they were going to have was going to, you know, go and be in Houston. And um, I think they might struggle with that a little bit. They, they did last season as well. And uh, I think it's going to show up again. I I'm, I'm curious if Ordonez is also going to be available. I think, we can both agree that part of how Salmon finally got her breakthrough was because Ordonez was not on, on the pitch. There was a some good link up between her and Sanchez, and we need to see that when all three are on the pitch. I know. So like, we'll hopefully we'll get to see it. I mean, they're gearing up and building towards it. Uh, maybe it's something with, the, you know, tactics and Sam Lady needs to try some different things out and, and get those players in better positions to, to make sure they're firing on all cylinders. So whether it's, it's almost like which given Sunday is it, is it going to be or is it going to be, be Sam? But what I do know is that I believe in Maria Sanchez. And I think when it comes to that trio, she is someone that is going to deliver week in and week out. So I'm going to go with the home side as well. I'm going Houston Dash in this one. Um, let's have fun with it. Maybe two one. I'll, I'll say Ooh, that. I like we're it. Get a couple. We're going to get a couple goals in it. Uh, last game for us to make a pick. We've got Portland Thorns FC versus Chicago Red Stars. We've got the Red Stars who have just been struggling. We've been uh, just feel like we've been talking about that week in, week out. But we've also got Portland who just haven't picked up a win in quite some time either. So curious about where what you're feeling about this game, Lisa, but I, I think this is the game that, that Portland uses to, to get back in the win column. They're hosting. Chicago doesn't typically play well uh, in, in Providence Park. Um, 
And I think even with Portland and who they might have available, I think they have a deeper bench yeah. compared to Chicago at this point. They just got too many pros uh, going into this game, and I'm going with the Thorns against Chicago. Yeah, same. I mean, it's similar anecdote when we talk about Washington, Orlando, when you've got someone towards the top, Portland's number four standing right now, going up against bottom of the table team, Chicago mm-hmm. Red Stars. They're ranked number 12 right now in the league. It's it's to Portland needs to use this as a big win, right? They've got to get a couple goals. They've got to get a shutout. They've got to look at this not as an easy game by any means, but ones where they can hopefully try to impose their game onto this Chicago Red Stars team. Uh, but yeah, Portland struggled. They've had a bit of a skid at a three-game winless in their last three, coming off that 2-1 loss to Houston. Um, and Chicago is coming off a very rough road loss, 3-0 to Racing Louisville. They get to go on the road again. And as you just mentioned, Chicago struggles on the road a little bit. And they struggle specifically in Providence Park. Um This is a Chicago side that's really struggling right now. They lost a club record of six straight road matches in all NWSL competitions. um, And they've also conceded multiple goals in all six of those defeats. For Chicago, it's just one win in their 11 away matches, their last 11 away matches. I don't think they turn it around. I agree. I think Portland is going to come out at home um, and just look to dominate. I think Sophia Smith has been quiet in in score sheets. Mm-hmm. She's been contributing in other ways on the pitch and, and getting opportunities, but she needs to start making some noise, right? We, we just talked about uh, the World Cup and how close it is. We're about 60 days away, 63 days away from the World Cup, and we need Sophia mm-hmm. Smith to start making some noises, noise on – the club level, that way it translates into the international level. I think Olivia Moultrie has been phenomenal for Portland Thorns. Can she keep that up, keep rolling the boat a little bit? So we're both going to go with Thorns. I want to see Moultrie get the start. I'll even put that Mm -hmm. in our prediction as well. I think this is, you know, this is, she's a very young player, right? She's one of the teenagers that we talk about kind of taking the league by storm, but she's been involved with this Thorns organization, whether it's been at the academy level academy levels or otherwise um for quite some time she was like 13 years old so uh at this point watching what she's done either getting a full 90 minutes or coming off of the bench she has shown that she's an absolutely impactful player i want to see that i would like to see some more uh chemistry build up you know in a middle third that has that features a crystal done that features olivia moultrie that can link up with uh you know sophia smith uh let me see it the people want to see it i want to see it i want to see it um but uh who knows maybe we'll get to see it and maybe we'll get to see the win we'll see if we're right lisa we made a couple similar picks you know i was getting nervous about that but uh it's always in it's always in good fun. This was great. I missed everybody. It was great to to come back home off of a long flight and then hop right into attacking third. Feels feel doesn't really feel like home unless I'm live on attacking third. And here here we are. Thanks everybody for listening to A3. We appreciate you so much. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We'll be back with a weekend recap on Sunday evening following Oil Rain versus Gotham FC. So stay tuned for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Thursday.